Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, we bring you the case of Jordan Nebling. This case, by the way, was brought to us by a member of our Facebook group called Freaked Out Podcast. I also had to take a deeper look into the case, so thank you very much for bringing it to our attention. Also wanted to mention that we hit our second goal on Podbean. Woohoo! So we chose our top patron for the prize to choose a bonus episode. I totally forgot about this one. Landon had to remind me. (laughs) Yes, so the bonus episode this week, surprise, that will be dropped tomorrow. Yvonne Marie chose for us to cover Chris Cornell. I can't personally wait for this one. Thank you all who were a part of this and is a part of being a patron. Next goal is 4,000 members. Once we get to that goal, we will not only be letting you guys choose a bonus episode but we also will be sending signed photos of Liz and I so expect that for the next bonus the next one will be even bigger and we will share that once we get closer to that goal we really appreciate when people bring these cases to us so the best place to do that is on the Facebook group I know that in the past we asked for an email, but the email is much harder to keep an eye on as we have many, many people now checking out cases and making decisions as well for us. So best to keep an eye out there. Next week, we will be covering the case of baby Sabrina in the exclusive side only. And our next bonus episode is going to be that of Chris Benoit. We really appreciate all of our new listeners and we welcome everybody. We have a list of new top patrons. Pant her is... Sharon Kurt Singer, KF27, Maria2905. We will announce the next top four next week. If you're having issues signing up, please ask on our Facebook group. With Somebody will be there to help you. Now that we got all that out of the way, we would like to bring our attention back to the case of Jordan Nebling. Liz did not realize until after she committed to doing this episode that it wasn't quite three years old yet. So please make sure your requests are from at least 2019 or earlier. The older the case, the better it is. I like cases from 2010 or older. Jordan Cheyenne Nebling was 19 when she disappeared in October of 2020. Jordan was last seen in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, off Whitehorse Road exit. This is all we know. Her family is obviously very worried about her, and we don't have much to go off of at all, which also makes that much harder. There is a new detective looking into this case, and people are hopeful. Nebling is five foot five with a slim build with strawberry blonde hair and blue eyes. She has a tattoo on her left forearm that says Live Free. Deputies say that she is known to frequent the Traveler's Rest and Moretta areas. We have found absolutely nothing on this case, guys. Even combing through comments on her Facebook page, there really isn't anything to go off of. And to me, in my opinion, they aren't doing enough. Last place she was seen was at the Traveler's Rest area, but why don't we have any answers like who was the last person to see her and who are her friends? The more media attention, the better for this case. Absolutely. This one is hard from the start, and it is pretty much a big shot in the dark. I'm going to give it my best and try to see what I can muster up. First question is, has she passed on? So first and foremost, I don't feel her energy. I don't feel like she died, which is great. However, I am going to try and see what I can feel by picking up on her photo energy. So since you can't directly connect to her spirit, do you see her on the day that she disappeared? So I feel like she was really pissed off that day. I even see her wearing her makeup on point and feeling pretty good about herself with the way she looked. 
She was very hard on herself most days. Her weight, meanwhile, none of those issues really existed, but in her brain it did. But she had been beaten down by a few others in her life. I do feel like she had an okay relationship with her stepmom and her mother, but the best relationship I believe to be her father, potentially. I feel like the stepmom and her may have had some words for a few days here and there, and I do feel like she was kind of extra pissed off from her family's home before leaving. I see that her and her stepmother had been at odds a few times this week, and when she went missing, I feel like they both made some angry comments to each other. I do feel like they did have moments that they did love each other too, but I'm just painting a picture of what I see. I do see that she slammed the door, maybe chewing on a piece of gum at the same time, perhaps even having headphones on her head, and I see a sweater. She may have grabbed one on the way out. Do you see if she was picked up at the rest stop? I do see the rest stop. I see that she had a few friends over there, maybe even a few co-workers. I feel like she wasn't having any issues with any of them at the moment other than maybe her stepmom, but really nothing too bad. Someone had mentioned that she had an ex-boyfriend who may have been a little more so on the jealous side of things. Do you see any interaction with him? I do see interactions, but I feel like there were texts, maybe a few reminders that they aren't together again. I don't feel like the ex-boyfriend was capable of doing anything badly. Yes, he did give her some bad body issues and did slut shame her every once in a while, but nothing in the realm of murder or even kidnapping her. He was pretty intimidated by her, actually. Do you see what happened in the time that she went missing? I don't see if she had her own car or if she had any vehicle related, but from what I am seeing is a big truck pulling up, and I feel like they were talking a few minutes. I don't feel like they talked long, though. And by the way, when I say truck, I mean like those Mack trucks that, you know, you use for deliveries. A semi. Thank you, semi. I feel like he was actually pretty good looking and I don't feel like she would have given him the time of day if he had that creepy vibe to him, at least. That's what I'm feeling. What does this man look like? I see brown, dark brown hair. He did have a baseball cap on. And I do see a vest. The vest could be something fisherman type. I see that he wasn't clean shaven. He was pretty bright eyed and pretty white smile. Now, the feeling I have is that the man is married or was married at the time. I see a wedding ring. He seems to be in his early 30s, maybe late 20s. I don't feel like this is his dream job. I feel like he's the only one providing in his family. And I do feel like it was a company that he was working for as well. Was? Yeah, I feel like he's not married anymore. Or maybe he is, but they aren't together. I also feel like he doesn't work for this truck company anymore either. Can you see anything distinctive of his truck or the company that he works for? Blue and orange and a circle. The blue and the orange is like a logo. And I feel like the blue is on top of the orange. Did she leave with him? I do feel like she did. Like I said before, I don't know if she had her own car, but I feel like she had told him she didn't and that she was hoping for a ride home. I feel like it was a very flirty conversation back and forth, maybe even a few touches, like her legs or his legs. And I feel like he suggested for them to take a ride somewhere else, first as friends, 
And I feel like she said no, but she also felt good around him and didn't feel like he was trying to like seduce her or anything. Basically, she felt like he wanted to spend time with her and basically getting to know him. So she decided to go. What did he do next? From what I see, he and her were hanging out and laughing. And I think they even pulled over somewhere and made out. I feel like this went on for hours and I feel like this connection to him just made him make a choice. What choice was that? He wanted to keep her. I don't feel like he felt close to his wife or children for that matter whatsoever. And I feel like he felt like she was his family. I feel like he told her he was taking her with him. And I feel like she went from laughing and happy to angry and freaking out. But that was when she realized he was serious. I feel like he drugged her. And what's crazy to me is that he's done this before. I feel like there are two others also connected to him and they're both dead for sure now. I don't know who either one of them are and they don't look familiar. I also don't feel like Jordan ever met either one of them. I wish I knew more about the USA missing girls in that area. Maybe we will cross them later on. Yeah, that's definitely true. What did he drug her with? I see chloroform. I feel like it was homemade too. I feel like that made her pass right out. And I feel like he had handcuffed her. I feel like he cuffed her to the handle above the door. And then also maybe kind of like hanging down both arms with the cuffs on either side. Basically, both arms were hanging from the truck. Where did he take her? I'm seeing it could be any of these places. Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky. I see a lot of farm and a lot of abandoned areas. Do you see where she is? Okay. From the inside, I can feel a few things. So maybe he like moved her a few times. I don't know. But from what I feel, I keep seeing an abandoned hotel. I keep seeing a barn. I also see a cabin. But the cabin is more like an outhouse. Maybe the side of a bathroom. And she could even have spent time there as well. I see that he covers her eyes. I also see that when he spends time with her, he takes her to this like romantic place. And I feel like she earned more time in those areas. She is really smart from what I see. And she does go along with things, but also has an escape plan at some point. Did he ever go back home? Yes, actually. He does travel back home. At least he used to. I don't believe so now so much. I don't feel like he tells her stuff about work. I feel like he fills her head in on stuff about the past, not current things. Like he tells her he left his wife and he has a new job and the other job was bullshit. Do you feel like she will be found or escape on her own? <sighs> that is so hard to say. It depends on the path that she takes or the detectives take. I feel like the detectives are in the totally wrong direction. I feel like they need to stop looking for personal connections and focus more so on the traffic in and out of that area. Secondly, I feel like she can possibly escape, but I feel like she might die getting lost. I feel like he feeds her and leaves her at this nice place sometimes, but I don't feel like it's all the time. I feel like the reason he keeps moving her places is because he doesn't own any of these places and I feel like he uses it when others aren't there. I also feel like where he and his wife lived, state-wise, it's nowhere near where he grew up. And I feel like the state he hides her in, he knows the locals. I feel like he lives in this area now. 
She plans to escape when she's at the nice location he takes her to, and I feel like he locks it somehow from top to bottom. I feel like when he leaves her a few days at a time, she's been working on getting out, coming up with escape routes, but she doesn't know where she is. I also feel like it's deep into the woods. I do see her plan will take another year or so to execute if she gains his trust. Eventually, he will stop covering her eyes. At least that's what I'm feeling. And there are things she needs to be able to get her hands on. So hopefully the detective on the case can start looking into this a little bit more deeper. Is there anything else you can tell us? I see her hair is dark. I feel like it's still blonde in a little bit, but I feel like she's a brunette now. I also see she's a tad bit tinier than she was already, and I feel like she has to wear bulky clothes all the time. And yes, she does get to go out in public from time to time, but it is rare. From what I feel, he will trust her with a little more and little more information as time progresses. She is working hard and she may have started to have feelings for him as well. At least that's the visual that I'm getting. This man is a loner and he doesn't do anything social media related, even anything connected to her. So just know that he won't ever hear this. He's kind of off the grid. I also feel like he's kept her the longest. Again, like I said, she is smart. I would not have shared this information if I felt like he would get his hands on it. I want people to know what to look out for and what to watch out for so she can hopefully be saved. Unfortunately, I don't live in the area as I'm still in Canada and unable to get to the U.S. as of yet, basically to check out these places. But it is a goal of mine at some point. Hopefully one day it'll happen. But right now we're just going to keep on from where we are. Just not possible at this time. Take all the details I give you and try to look out for her. Look at pictures and keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, guys, if Liz ever has any other details, we will definitely keep you guys posted. Since this episode is on the shorter side, we wanted to incorporate something that people keep asking about. And since Liz has done, since Liz had done an episode with Mac Miller last week, he mentioned Betty White. Yes, I had done a small video about her about a week or so after she had passed on. I know it was a little on the early side, but she was happy to connect. And when I spoke to Mac Miller, he had mentioned seeing her. She appeared when she heard her name to me, so I figured we'd talk a little bit more to her. I just want to honor an icon, so let's go. Betty Marion White was born on January 17, 1922, a January baby like me. She was an American actress and comedian, a pioneer of the early television, with a television career spanning more than seven decades. White was noted for her vast work in the entertainment industry and being one of the first women to work both in front and behind the camera. She was the first woman to produce a sitcom, Life with Elizabeth, in the United States, which contributed to her being named Honorary Mayor of Hollywood in 1955. White is often referred to as the First Lady of Television. How does she feel about her nickname? Oh, she loves it. She said it's kind of funny. The reason she put herself into acting harder was because her husband had passed on. The love of her life, Alan Ledden, she wanted to keep herself busy so she didn't sit and dwell. And it's what Alan wanted for her. He wanted her to keep going, even if she didn't want to. So she did. And she used her emotions, her work ethic, and her drive. She feels so honored to have so many people love her. She really didn't expect to make such an impression on the world even after she had passed on. She is referencing a movie that will be made of her life, and she is excited about that. 
She said that it isn't even really done yet and perhaps will get rejected by Hollywood a few times, but one day, maybe in 2025, she feels like they are aiming for it to be released on her death day or her birthday. They haven't decided yet, but it will cover her life, the good, the bad, the embarrassing moments. She said she has a lot of those. I know that her husband, Alan, was her soulmate. I know they are together now, but how are they feeling about finally being together. He died so long ago. He died two years before I was even born. So she has spent 40 years without him and they had a lot to catch up on. She said that when she seen him, she had to rub her eyes and double check it was him. He was handsome and his old self again. When he died, he didn't look so well. And that image of her husband had haunted her for a long time. He had yellow roses ready for her. He was all dressed up, including a bow tie, and he wanted to make sure he looked his best when welcoming her. She said that he was romantic back then as well. So it was typical, even though there were others there with them, like a few of her crew from the Golden Girls, but it was like they shut out the rest of them and just zoned in on each other for the first little while. I believe the time works a little different up there. It could be slowed down, too. So they have spent a long time together before they actually came up for air. They are attached to the hip and have been since she passed on. I would definitely be doing the exact same thing. I bet you would. As would I. When it came to the cast, I know there were issues amongst them, even though their time in front of the audience appeared fun, loving, and connected. Bay Arthur was not fond of Betty White when Rue McCannon released her book, she indicated that behind the scenes, they had very toxic relationship and they could not get the relationship to a better place. One account even mentions that when Rue introduced her husband to Bay, he stated, Rue, I like. Betty is a cunt. Although Arthur had done more risque work later in her career, the jab wasn't something fans saw coming from the dignified actress. Later on in an interview with The Village Voice in 2011, Betty said that Arthur was not fond of her and found her to be a pain in the neck. It was my positive attitude, and that made Bay angry sometimes. Sometimes if I was happy, she'd be furious. My question for Betty is, were there more issues beneath the surface, and have they all been able to put away their hostility against each other and reunite? Well, from what she said, she didn't really want to speak ill of the dead when she was alive and bring up old dirt that was really never corrected in that time. She did feel bad about it, but Bay, although was a great, outstanding actress and did well in her life, she was just very old-fashioned and very cold. She looked at people that were just regular people with attitude and snobbiness, and would make crude comments about people being incompetent. And Betty didn't really vibe well with that kind of attitude either. So Betty just kept her relationship strictly business related. And everyone she would meet who associated with Bay just assumed they had the piss poor attitude with them as well. She also felt like Bay would introduce her to people to make a point and she was snubbed by her. She said that she could say that now and she and Bay have already rectified their relationship. Basically, Bay did lose sight of her humbleness and felt terrible after she passed on that she didn't get over herself and fix the things that she could have with Betty. She had many years to do so. 
She also shows me that the rest of the castmates just stayed out of the bigger things, but also wanted to make sure that Bay was happy as she was a bit of a diva. I feel like we should insert the I'm a diva Beyonce song here. Women working with women back then was also probably pretty hard for sure since women didn't get the limelight, especially older women. It was shocking and unheard of and they all were a little tense and that's understandable. Absolutely. So she wanted me to mention that. I also want to point out that Betty was a huge pet enthusiast and animal welfare advocate who worked with organizations including the Los Angeles Zoo Commission, the Morris Animal Foundation, African Wildlife Foundation, and actors and others for animals. Her interest in animal welfare began in the early 1970s. She is surrounded by animals, a lot of her own animals, and animals that she had a hand in saving all around her. There is even a lion and a zebra, and even a seal. It's like a zoo up there with her, in her own little sanctuary. It's actually kind of breathtaking. I also admire that she was a supporter and the advocate of the LBGTQ plus community. White said that if a couple has been together all that time and they are in a gay relationship, that is more solid than any of the heterosexual ones. I think that's fine if they want to get married. I don't know how many people can get so anti-something. Mind your own business, take care of your own affairs, and don't worry about other people so much. One of her dearest friends, the Brace, was gay and that she sometimes accompanied him to premieres and she loved it. And they had the best relationship. She says that she hopes more people open up their eyes and realize how gross they are being. She hates the way things are going in the USA right now and she said that everyone should be ashamed of themselves. She said that she's happy and at peace and she loves her life and loved her life here as well. She said that she will always be watching and someone made a purse of her and she loves it. She said she would have bought it if she was still around. Well, thank you for all that and thank you guys for listening. Until next time, stay freaked out. Stay freaked out.